parenting. Church kids. Deuteronomy 12:28. Be careful to obey all these words I command you, that it may go well with you and with your children after you forever, when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. As new believers, we were excited to start our family. Being involved in a good church with good people, this was the ideal place for us to begin. But in time, it would prove not as alluring as it was in the beginning. As parents, we were the type that wanted to do things right, not by society's standards, but by God's standards. And raising our kids was high on that list of things that we did not want to screw up. And unlike me, I wanted our children to have some kind of church affiliation where they could learn about God and they could be secure in that relationship with God from the very beginning. I didn't have that. And even when I was a little kid, when I would see families going to church on Sunday, you know, we'd be driving around and they'd be all loaded up in their car. Dads be wearing their suits and moms would be wearing their dress. They just looked nice and they looked happy, you know. And and yeah, that's superficial a lot of times. But I wanted our kids to have a good upbringing. But I did not want them to be what I knew church kids to be, which was a skewed perspective on my end. But I knew a lot of church kids that were just kind of weird and antisocial, and they didn't know how to have fun. I didn't want that for our kids. And in time, I would realize that my perspective was pretty jacked up and that there are actually a lot of really great kids in church. And so figuring out how do you balance this with giving them what they need and also ensuring that they're going to be fine when they get older. That was a big thing for me. So we thought about this and we kind of put it into play. And as it is, we trusted the Lord and things worked out. So as I grew in the Lord and watched our family grow as well as other families grow, I began to see things that alarmed me and other people at our church. The things that they were allowing into their homes were things that we refused to allow. There were movies that were totally ungodly, buying your kids everything new under the sun. And so when our kids hung around them and saw these things, they would come up to us whining because why can't we have these things? I'm like, no, nah, you're not getting everything new under the sun. You know, and they allowed their kids to mouth off to them. And I'm like, whoa, hey, come on, we're all learning about this relationship with Jesus. And, you know, now that we're parents, we're studying these things and this, these things are just not right. So I had to ask myself, am I being too rigid with my kids? Because they thought so. They didn't get all the new things that everybody else got. I'm like, no, I'm not buying you everything. We bought them nice stuff. They didn't have any lack of anything, but all the bling, man, they were allured by it. It irritated me that these people in our circles were spoiling their kids and making their kids kind of stand out beyond those of other kids. I'm like, that ain't right. But the more I focused on the word, the more I knew We must raise our kids in a manner that's consistent with biblical instruction. And recalling those awesome kids that I saw earlier who were well-behaved, none of their parents really deviated from basic biblical principles. Again, they were all different, and none of them were really fanatical. They weren't on that side of things. They were just people that said, this is right, we're going to stay the course, and they did. And their kids grew up very well. So despite my kids thinking I was a jerk at times, we maintained our course. And now that we have shot our arrows into the world, I am so thankful we resisted the temptation to let our kids grow up and be worldly, disrespectful, and self-centered. Now, that doesn't mean our kids are perfect by any means, but my wife and I know that we will stand before God and our parenting will be evaluated. We did our job with our children's eternity in mind. So I'm hoping that the Lord in his mercy and grace will give us a thumbs up. 
But watching all these kids that we knew now enter adulthood was interesting. Some of them are successful, and some are still walking with the Lord. But the majority of them that I personally knew as our kids grew up with them, they're not walking with Jesus. They jumped ship headfirst into the world, and more than a few of them became complete train wrecks. Meanwhile, as fanatics, as we were thought of, because we didn't allow our kids to do all these things everyone else was doing, which was not accurate because we did and we were not fanatical. But we simply drew a reasonable line and said, we're staying on this side. And we got to see our kids avoid addiction, fornication, bankrupt philosophy, and more. We saw our kids develop, and it was really good. And despite the problems that come with being a human being, they all did pretty well. Why? Because we're great parents? No, because the God that we serve is faithful. And when we honor him, even as flawed individuals, he pours out his grace and mercy upon us. In Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way they should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So that was our prayer, and God honored that. Now, there's a lot to unpack in this verse, but let's just say to parents, do your best to honor God, and he'll watch over your kids. Even the ones that have walked away for a season or for a lengthy period of time, if you did your job faithfully, you rest in this. Your prodigals remember what you taught them, and nobody loves them as much as God does, so he's still knocking on their door. So parents, if you're serious about your kids' eternity and you want to turn your kids over to Jesus as they grow, that they may in turn walk with him and know his grace and mercy, then draw that line. Make it reasonable and stick with it. Remember, our kids are sinners just like us, and they sometimes need to step on a landmine to convince them that God's way is the right way. Be faithful to shepherd their hearts. And if your friends buy their children everything new under the sun, remind your children of the prodigal son who wanted everything he can get his hands on. And it ruined him. Read them the story in Luke 15. Talk to them about why it's important to learn that material things are not bad, but the obsession of them is. It's like money. You may have heard it said that money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. It says in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And that's what the love of money produces, many sorrows. I told my kids many times regarding a whole array of topics that the world says yes to and the Bible says no, to simply watch your friends who are wallowing in the world and see what happens to them. And they've seen it. Those whose parents spoiled them, often those kids grew up treating their parents like servants and caring very little for others because they had been taught that they were the center of the universe. That's what spoiling a child does. When you think of that word spoil, think of it not as being overly pampered. Think of it as being made to be rotten. If you sit down at a restaurant and you order a glass of milk, and I'm sure there's some who still drink milk with a meal, and they bring you a glass and the milk is spoiled, are you going to drink it? It looks discolored, lumpy, it stinks, and you're supposed to put this in your body. Now, think about what happens if you dare to drink it. How will your body respond? You'll likely vomit it up or have a bad case of diarrhea because it's spoiled. It's bad. It's rejected by your body. So when parents who think it's cute to spoil their precious little child, understand it doesn't do the child any good. And this becomes really crazy when a spoiled kid starts dating and they think they have the right to get whatever they want with no restraint because that's what they've been taught. Now look at the flip side of spoiling your kids. Instead of giving them everything that will make them happy, now the child is not given anything that makes them happy. When parents are over the top in things like being strict, demeaning, controlling, frightening, that can also have a devastating effect on children. 
And there's these types of people in the church and outside the church. And this type of upbringing can really damage a kid's mind. We've got to remember, kids are little people who have their own destinies. As parents, we are the ones that can spur them toward their destiny or away from it because their path is not in sync with our opinion of what we think they should be or who they should be. Respecting each child as being created different is important in the home because all your kids are going to be different. And if your kid is on the weird side of things, let them be weird within reason. Don't force them not to be weird. Let them be a little weird and just go with it and ask them, why do you think like this? You know, you still have that responsibility to keep them in check. But, you know, if they want to dye their hair pink, who cares? Dye their hair pink. They may have a powerfully creative side that you don't understand. And who knows? Someday they may have a podcast. And another thing that we did, this was my idea. When our kids got to the point where they were teenagers and they weren't real excited about church, rather than forcing them to be excited or forcing them into church, I told them, find your own church. Find that place where you fit, where you land. And that was kind of my way of saying, look, I'm going to give you some trust here. You go out and find your own way. And they all did. They all found different churches. And it was really remarkable where they landed. And we knew the churches and we checked them out and they were decent. And so they wanted to be these kids that had their own church. They didn't want to stay stuck with mom and dad in their church. And I think that was fine. And that turned out to be a good move for us because they all ended up serving in ministry at those churches because they didn't have mom and dad looming over them. But we gave them ownership in their own relationship with God and said, hey, listen, you know, I know you don't like all this stuff that is at this church. And quite frankly, there's some things that I don't like either. But find your own place where you feel you can grow in the Lord. And they did. And I'm glad that we did that. That was a win for us and for them. Kids' behavior is a product of their upbringing, and a solid upbringing in a good church is a good thing. But if the message they receive in a church is not being reinforced by the parents, then the message becomes conflicted and ultimately hypocritical in their eyes, causing them to dump it. And when they dump church for reasons such as bitterness, anger, apathy, or whatever, they will often go off in the opposite direction and they'll listen to worldly philosophy that opposes the biblical narrative. And that can have a devastating impact on their life, on their family relations, and on their eternity. Also, if they've got a good message and a consistent home life, that still doesn't guarantee they won't walk away from God. And I know really good parents in the church whose kids have walked off into the world, even the parents kind of sucker punched. But there's hope. Those kids did hear the message. They saw the consistency. And Jesus is going to be knocking at their door until the day they open that door or die. That's the grace and mercy of God. He never gives up on us, no matter how foul we can get. Adding to that, that some kids, they just need to get out and crash and burn a few times in life to understand the message of hope is real. It's not a church thing. I know several people who have heard the message and ignored it all their lives. And then they were laying in the hospital waiting to die. Then they opened that door of their soul to God and he rushed in and rescued them. So they're in eternity. They're good to go. The best odds of your children following Jesus is that he's real in your lives first and that you not only tell your kids about him outside the church, but you and your spouse obey him and serve him faithfully. And when you screw up, which we all do, show your kids what real confession and repentance looks like. For parents who are half-hearted churchgoers, subcontracting your child's spiritual experience and development to a church, that's negligent. Your responsibility is to teach your children diligently the things of God as Deuteronomy 6 commands. Learn how to pray fervently and listen for the voice of God to speak to you, all the while reading and studying the Word to gather more insight into this journey of life. 
Finally, trust in the Lord. Develop that healthy fear of the Lord that is spoken so often in scriptures so that you can know him and his will for your life and receive the power of the Holy Spirit to empower you to live this life with the supernatural presence of God. This is the best teaching your children will get. Thank you.